Welcome to the Slavic Connection. So this is a new format we're testing out. We've been talking about for a little while called Matt and Tom. Matt's a Tomum. Tom's a Matum. Yep. I would never want to decline you. So we're also open to any other ideas as far as his name. We thought we'd just keep it simple, Matt and Tom. Yeah. But um, hey, who knows? We, we got boring monosyllabic names. Might as well make a snappy uh, podcast title out of it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. So this will be a far more informal, a little less rigid than our professor or PhD or you know larger. Study talks, we'll just talk about stuff that's coming up in current events and maybe just tackle some bigger ideas. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. You're listening to the Slavic Connection, brought to you by the Center for Russian, East European, and Eurasian Studies at the University of Texas at Austin. So, what do we got on tap today? What do we got on tap today? Well, I think one topic certainly we can talk about is Ukraine. In this uh, presidential election, I know you're a going. fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm following it closely because we're doing this project over there um, this summer, and no, it's 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 just been a you know from a racehorse standpoint mm-hmm. and just kind of following it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something like 40 declared candidates. So it's like it's like the <laughs> Democratic can, Party can, right now. Yeah. If you can <laughs> if you can wrap your head around like that, so it's fractured. But a lot of people think that's a good sign. It shows its health, you mm-hmm. know, healthiness, and people are being allowed to run and all. And this it's stuff. not fractured in like the Russian way where there's 15 candidates, but like half of them, like you, you, they're are, complete are nonsense. Purposely spoilers. There there is some talk that one of the candidates is is a spoiler because um, I think they have the same last name as I think it's like Timoshenko. But, oh, really? Really? So there's two things, but I, I, I need to check up on well, that. Well, so first, why don't you uh, walk us through? So there's four give emerging. The lay of the land, yes, so give speak. us the lay of the land. Yeah. So the current, I'll get, let's start there. The current president of Ukraine is Pet- Petro Poroshenko, who became president of Ukraine. I was actually in Ukraine uh, three days before he was elected um, president, and we were at. I was at one of his rallies. Wow. Um, I, I didn't That's really awesome. know. I didn't know anything at the yeah. time. It was just we were in. I Did was, you feel the nationalist sentiment? No, no, no. I was just in Lviv at the time with my brother and dad, and we just happened to be there and we didn't really know where we were but then we found out um because it was in the center yeah. of town um and and so he's you know been the president ever since the you know the maidan revolution mm-hmm. and they called elections right after maidan and um and so he you know he has really brought the country together or you could say that the country has come together under him mm-hmm. because of these um extraordinary events and you know crimea and the ongoing war in the donbass um but he also has a lot of really big achievements at least in you know in, in his eyes and his in his in his supporters' eyes, um, he uh, you know did make some progress on the on the infrastructure of kind of an, what an anti-corruption push uh, would look like. So they set up this anti-corruption office, mm-hmm. and it's been prosecuting some small cases, but they haven't started frying the big fish. And that's what everybody's talking about: is when are they going to um, you know kind of? <laughs> and he's been accused of lining his own pockets. I yeah, and he's as been well. accused of lining his own pockets, sure. which is um, uh, uh, almost certainly true, or you know being able to secure the interests of people aligned with him and so on and so forth and there was just a recent scandal with um, uh, I believe like his defense one of his defense ministers because the Ukrainian army has been buying Russian um, uh, replacement parts for their you know tanks mm-hmm. tanks and uh, APCs on the black market from Russia and because they can, that's the only place they can really yeah, get right. it and all that and it's so close and so, he, so he's got plenty of scandals but he also has some things that, that people are really proud of mm-hmm. one of them is this Tomas and so I'm, I'm almost certain that none of our listeners have been following it very closely.
closely, but I have a Ukrainian friend who is like the expert on this issue. But um, the the Ukrainian um, Orthodox Church used to be under the Moscow uh, Patriarch uh, Patriarchate, if, I, if that's the word, and so it was kind of considered part of the the, the Russian Orthodox okay. Church. It was it was kind of in their jurisdiction, so to speak. And th- just th- last year, they went to the the high, the highest authority in the Orthodox uh, Christian world in in uh, using Constantinople in Istanbul and they received their tomos so now mm-hmm. the Ukrainian Orthodox Church is separate from the Russian Orthodox Church and that was a big gotcha. deal and of course it was hard when Ukrainian people would go to the 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 church and mm-hmm. then these people were having to tow like a Moscow <laughs> line and and I can say from experience that the church in Russia is extremely politicized I was right. at, I was at a Christ, I was at a Christmas service and the, the, the service itself was beautiful and I was you're stunned by the Russian soul and, mm-hmm. the, and the way that these people stand up for the whole, you know, three-hour service, these, you know, old women and things like that. And it's it just the, the the whole ideology and kind of experience of the whole thing is so different than that that's a whole other <laughs> podcast But it's, it's important. I, it, like, Ukrainian, it's a huge part of separating themselves from Russia as an influential power. Poroshenko has been notoriously obstinate when dealing with Russia. And if we're going to talk about, like, the Orthodox Church and Putin in sort of an ur-fascism, you know, Mussolini-type manner, it's really embracing I guess cynically of my part to think that it is this type of ur fascism, but he's really wedded himself to this sort of yeah. conservative religious kind of right. And so I think Poroshenko's thinking, well, if Putin does it, then well, I, I, right. why don't I do it too? It's a great way to rally mm-hmm. the nation. So that's what he's done and make it our own thing. Make our own thing, and mm-hmm. and it's been a, a success, and people are really really ha- happy about that. The other thing is kind of just the the, the rebuilding of the Ukrainian army to a state where it can yeah. actually defend itself mm-hmm. um, when the when the conflict first started, it was really just kind of volunteer and in some cases um, kind of neo-fascist organizations, the you know, ultra-nationalists, if you want to call them that, who were having to take on the actual fighting because, right, right. of course, the, the Ukrainian regulars were under-trained in, in small numbers and mm-hmm. not really prepared, for prepared to go up East. against potential, for example, you know, Russian special forces and right. things like that. And, um, and so that's been a big um, success. And so he... But he's actually polling, polling very um, well. He's in third place right now. Okay. And he's been sitting at, at about 10, 12, 15 percent in mm-hmm. the polls for a long time. So third, about third place. But really until last, until uh, January, until mid-January, Yulia Timoshenko was actually leading in all the polls by a wide margin, mm-hmm. by something like 20 percentage points. And this, I remind you, is the former prime minister sure. of Ukraine who was a, instrumental in the Orange Revolution. Mm-hmm. It was part of Viktor Yushchenko's pro-Western government. And, and she was called the gas princess because she mm-hmm. was the one who actually uh, negotiated the gas deal with, with Putin. Um, which eventually they, put her in jail. Which eventually put her in jail because they said it was mm-hmm. a bad deal for Ukraine. And there's a, there's just so many ironies to the whole thing because it was then the pro-Russian president Yanukovych who did that to her. And so it's like one pro-Russian politician accusing him. <laughs> you know, it's what is it? The, the kettle calling the pot. A pot calling kettle black. Right. It's like a case of that. Um, and, and so, you know, I had been following her presidential campaign on YouTube and, you know, you can tell that it's slick nice high quality videos you can tell that mm-hmm. in Russian it's polit- technology so these political advisors right yeah. these political people who uh, consultants yeah it, who technocrats admit, technocrats yeah, yeah. well no not tech, not policy people just people who know how to be slick campaign oh, yeah, okay, yeah. advertisers and, and and all that stuff how to know how to do political campaigns and so she's so slick and her whole thing was to just promise everything to everyone and that's why she was probably leading in the uh, polls that's she good was, politics she was like she was for the western 
Christian course mm-hmm. and supported Poroshenko on EU and NATO, but I want peace. And peace, as we all know, is a code word for you yes. know, just accept Russian aggression. But I think she's been pretty genuine in her pro-Western views. It's been pretty consistent through the yes, last decade, I, her political I, career. Right? I agree, mm-hmm. but, but people have really... She can't have it both ways. And so when she used this dog whistle about the peace, that rubs a lot of other people a certain mm-hmm. way. And so we don't we don't know how that's also affecting right. people. Um, so we have Poroshenko, Timoshenko. And now, as of January, we witnessed the meteoric rise of Zelensky. Um, Zelensky is a um, is a comic. His movie came out last year called Sluga Naroda, which means servant of the people. <laughs> and it's a it's like an it's a comedy. I actually haven't seen it yet, but I need to watch it. I've been urgently it's sitting on my YouTube watch later. It's it's a comedy about you know politics and how it works and corruption inside the president's administration. It's not directed at Poroshenko per se, but it's it's clearly kind of funny and sad and satirical. And he is a he is a he has a he's a career in, in Eastern Europe in the former Soviet Union. There's this thing called Kevin, right, which means Klub Vesolik Narodov, or yeah, that's right. And it's it's a it's like a comedy club, and they mm-hmm. tell jokes. And so his whole thing is just going around with his comedy troupe and going on TV and then going into theaters and doing their little comedy and it's just you know really simple kind of physical humor sometimes yeah. and cultural humor and uh, a, a lot of cultural human humor that some Ukrainians find almost kind of like just too stereotypical and dry and right. just kind of stupid and cliche but he's been doing that and he has risen meteorically on the backs of the youth mm-hmm. and so what we don't we can't trust any of the so, of the of the polls because they're all under certain oligarchic right. interests that yeah. administer the, these so-called polls but but he and his meteoric rise has been on the back of youth and he has the most robust and polished uh, social media campaign. Mm-hmm. His main form of connection is Instagram and that's where he is and he's on Telegram and these other social media and that's where he's getting his message out. I mean, his rise has been so meteoric and now he's really kind of pulled away and, mm-hmm. and these polls are skeptical but it's, it's as though, it looks as though he could be actually pulling away in this thing and mm-hmm. he's under the two, he's under this financial support of this oligarch named Kolomoisk who is a Jewish um, oligarch who has, you know, has business interests, different sectors, but, he, mm-hmm. but he's from central U- Ukraine, and people are worried that um, Zelensky is going to be under the control of this oligarch, and so that's kind of the the main bludgeon that's being used against him now. Sure. Um, and so those are the top three candidates, the ones I mentioned, mm-hmm. Timoshenko, Poroshenko, and Zelensky. And then there's a few other just I'll, that I'll mention very quickly that are not necessarily out of it yet. Uh, the first one is Boyko, who is the, the head of the opposition bloc, which is the former party of regions, the former pro-Russian mm-hmm. kind of thing. They've basically kind of scabbled together their remnants and kind of continue to offer kind of a softer but still very pro-Russian right. stance. The other one is Gritsenko, who is a former, I think, defense minister, if I'm not mistaken, who who, um, it, he was just he's just kind of like a very well-respected statesman but he's never been a politician so they, th- they think that this mm-hmm. is somebody that could make some progress on anti-corruption stuff and he's also right defense minister so he knows about how to handle the Russia and the, and the war situation um, but on the other hand he's, he's kind of an older guy who's like not a polished politician and so he's a classic strongman sort of candidate um, you, I, I think you could say that mm-hmm. Um, Not well. I guess strongman has more ideological bent in that era, but yeah. in that area. But 
Um, but it's it's almost like a, a like a technocrat who hasn't yeah. gone to politics and people he's not like the most warm and fuzzy and kind of connecting person. Yeah, let's talk uh, some betting odds here. Yeah. I know so you've got a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, I've on been this, following so. it on the on the betting markets, and you know the the betting markets thought that Timoshenko was going to win this thing. Um, it was as high as I think like fifty. I think it was like fifty five or sixty percent that she was going to win. Okay, because the, these polls were saying that she was winning, and now these polls are saying that she's really kind of fallen off a little bit and I think it's a classic thing that happens in campaigns no like we're going to see this in the democratic primaries by the way nobody's going to want to be the front runner at the beginning right. because then you just attract all of the attacks mm-hmm. and so that so she just has too much on the record to be popular in this sort of campaign is what yeah. it's looking and, like and people think that kind of you know the the, the, the pro you know Russia has had a lot to do with this but there's still just a lot of perceptions about corruption and how mm-hmm. it's not getting any better under uh, Poroshenko but oh but she's not going to be any better on it either and so that's why Zelensky is probably getting so they're picking the mystery box Missed the mystery box, exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's scary. It's Which scary because it does not have a good record historically, right? I mean <laughs> The Mystery Dox does not have a good record ever, um, ever in any situation, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I agree, and yeah, you know, I was just reading an article today mm-hmm. about how he would be an unmitigated disaster for Ukraine to have this comedian literally trying to talk with right. European leaders, a American celebrity. policymakers, a celebrity who A B list celebrity too. Like, you know, yeah, he's, you yeah, know. he's not yeah, he's I, I think you probably would have said that about yeah. him two years ago, and yeah, and he, he's not an expert on on policy, and he's and how is he going to be able to run mm-hmm. this country? Um, it's really kind of scary if you think about it. But we've experienced something very similar in our. Country. I was going to say, has, has he drawn sort of uh, in within Ukraine sort of Trump comparisons of just yes. this? Who, yes, he is a celebrity. Yes, yes. he has. He absolutely has people um, at first, you know, and it depends on where you come down on the Trump issue to see mm-hmm. what and what light that is. But yes, he has been compared to Trump. He said, "Hey, he's an outsider." In fact, the first comparison was to was a little bit more to Reagan, but that comparison also breaks down because well, yeah. oh, Zelensky was an actor, and oh, this uh, and Reagan was also an actor. He's right? also a senator or a governor. Um, yeah, you know, but, yeah, but yeah. right, but the, you're right. Reagan was the governor of California. Yes. Zelensky was has never held any public office. Um, so all of those kind of analogies break down, and then the, the Donald Trump also. Oh, mm-hmm. Zelensky. We and then we. We also found out in the during this campaign that Zelensky did do some business. Actually, he had, he was <laughs> he getting did. some some side money on a business that actually went through Moscow, and that whole that has all been opened up. And um, so, what do you think these two? So, I mean, this isn't going to be a podcast about Trump in America, but so Trump, I think, presented a protest vote. He presented something different. Because we've done something like this forever. We're also the strongest country in the world. Why do you think, how can that speak, that same sort of message, speak to two countries in such different positions? Yeah, it's a fascinating question. I think the only way I can answer it is that is just to accept the fact that American political norms shape the world. And so when, mm-hmm. if something happens in America, then there's a, then there's this kind of thought, well, if America did it, then we're, well, we can do it <laughs> yeah. too, right? We're okay, right? And so, yeah, and so I think that the, the the just kind of Trump's election and now the, his governance has kind of shown the world, including Ukraine, that oh no, you can have the, the black box outsider come in mm-hmm. and you know make these big and unclear promises and not really have a grasp of the mm-hmm. issues and just kind of come in and do things. And so that is a, a norm that I think that a lot of Ukrainian people oh the U.S. hasn't fallen apart yet oh they're still the most powerful country in the world then right. oh it must have worked out for them right and so a very just kind of on a very simple level like that which is a terrible metric to use. I mean I get that in Ukraine. 
Ukraine. It's like if our country dissolves, then we screwed up. But America's not going to dissolve yeah. whoever's running it. It's, Ukraine, the stakes are so much higher right. relatively. Which, which is true and a bizarre thing to say. But who is the president of that country can make or break what that country looks like Absolutely. within 18 months? Absolutely. And that was the other thing this article mentioned is that we, we have no idea how, you know, you know Poroshenko, for example, mm-hmm. has cultivated all of these, you know, sometimes through kind of, you know, illicit means and informal relationships that he shouldn't, but has connections to people all throughout government and business and the army, and he can manage He can all. run it. He can run it. <laughs> Zelensky is just going to come in there. Right. And, and he, how is he going to curate those relationships? We have no idea. And it should be said that I don't think none of these top four, top three people have any interest in becoming close with Russia. At least that's how to promote themselves. Yes. I think Putin is looking at this to who is the least, you know, who's the lesser of these evils, which is important because that is pro- that is probably a new thing in the scheme of I, Eastern European elections. I, I think uh, unquestionably, I think Zelensky is the preferred candidate for Putin. Because the mystery box works for him as much as it works for... Absolutely, absolutely. And even Timoshenko, who he might, Putin might think he can charm and wink Mm -hmm. around and play games with, her her policy and rhetoric is there's no way it's ever going to actually work in Putin's favor. And so, um, and so despite, he likes her using her dog whistles, but Mm -hmm. she's never actually going to be helpful to Putin. But Zelensky, the black box, his incompetence might end up being hugely helpful for Putin. So. Yeah, it'll be a fascinating dimension. And who do you like? So, if you're going to pick someone right now, you think Zelensky's the guy, or do you still think these polls are a little and here's the fuzzy thing? The one that came out yesterday, you know, said two, two weeks away, two weeks away right now. Yeah, we're two weeks away from the first mm-hmm. round, and so to, to win, there's almost certainly going to be a second round because right. then they you you have to get more than fifty percent of the vote, and then they're going to do the top two candidates. You know, if I it's so funny what's going on in these polls is you know people rank their preferences, but then they say who, so who do you want to win, and who do you think will win? They say that when they're voting, really. No, when they ask. No, no, no. When, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. The polls, ask, yes. The polling. There's some voting. People, like, no, no, no. Crazy. And so people say, I, I think it said, you know, people think Zelensky or they want Zelensky, but I think 22% still think that they think, and that's the leading percent, that Poroshenko is going to win. Right. So there's still okay. kind of this background perception that Poroshenko might somehow, everything will come together mm-hmm. at the end to pull it, pull it out. It'll be like Truman versus uh, Dewey, Dewey yeah. or something like that. And then he might pull this out. There is that perception mm-hmm. in Ukraine. Um, a lo- some of it might be in, a, in, a, in the most cynical sense of, oh, they'll falsify something, they'll do some things. And then other people might just think that, oh, I, I, I support Zelensky in theory because I don't like corruption, but at the end of the day, I might come back to Poroshenko right. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had to put my money on it, I don't know. I I want I would want to say Poroshenko, but the fact that Zelensky has been going to, you know, Putin, or excuse me, Poroshenko's base areas like Lviv, Western Ukraine, has been going to those areas, campaigning, and there, I mean, and there's people coming, mm-hmm. and there's not, and, and what stunned me is there's not big counter protests. Right. And when, and the fact that Zelensky is is campaigning without major counter protest is really what kind of came came as a shock to me and said, whoa, okay, well then he he might have more organic support and people might not or be a little bit timid to immediately kind of discredit him, and so that might make, make makes me think that he could actually just pull this thing off. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating for its own right. It doesn't have to be compared to anything else. But I'm just thinking about this looking at the Democratic primaries yeah. and how the people who are saying things right now are screwed. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew Yang, he's I don't think he's ever a terribly serious candidate, but he says things, like he makes points. If you make points, there's going to be a counterpoint. Yeah. The best thing to do right now is say absolutely nothing, which is just this horrible, you know, prognostication of how 
to be a politician today. And we've created this market of you, you know, we've democratized speech, whatever, everyone can has their opinion, but it has made having an opinion totally worthless. Yeah. Like you want to be as vague and you don't even want to be generic. You want to just say nothing. Oh dear, Tom. Yeah, it's very, yeah. I think your analysis is correct. I wish it were the case. And that's why, you know, the candidate that I support, I think is kind of the antidote to what you're talking about. And I, I think is the, the most policy oriented of those people. And, and you just brought up Yang. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know when you first heard this person's name, but I literally, I, I found out about his existence about two weeks ago mm-hmm. when memes started coming up right. on, the, on, mes- on different message boards. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of the person. I only see, started seeing memes memes about this person uh-huh. and and then next thing I know he's shot on the betting markets again I still have not even Wikipedia this person I don't even know who he is he's at 10% really in the Democratic primary on the betting markets and I'm like what on how is a no name now ahead of Elizabeth Warren to win the Democratic that's primary dumb, that's dumb money that's yeah dumb money. I think that's dumb money too can you short these markets I, or you can short these yes, markets yes I would short that uh, you could short it but you would, it wouldn't the, the yield wouldn't be very high mm-hmm. because right you want it to yeah. be the um, but um, and so yeah and then you know I the memes are funny, by the way, and <laughs> memes were always funny. I mean, and um, and then then I started seeing the stuff, and you know, it's just <clears throat> I, I haven't seen anything that is really kind of I found very right attractive or like super eye opening. He just mm-hmm. talks about universal basic income and kind of goes on, you know, Fox News and and whatnot. And if these guys want to be martyrs and just to have their platform like forced to be discussed, because if you don't have this guy, UBI will probably not be discussed by the normal of politicians. So there is a value in these guys, but there is not a political longevity to them as politicians. Yeah. Do you, have you uh, have you wedded yourself to anyone yet? Or are you still kind of... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have. Um, I, you know, right now I support Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she would be the best president of everybody, of anybody in the Democratic primary. I just think that um, her life story is is very important and engaging. I think that her legislation that she proposed has proposed is right the most concrete mm-hmm. and she's been sitting in the Senate um, longer than other Democratic candidates and um, but not too long she's not like a you know a, a skeleton in there or something right. and she's still fresh and, and then really but really one of the main things for me that's often forgot about is that this is somebody who is the chairman of TARP yeah. somebody who is on the ground for the two, you know, for the for you know saving us from the, the potential Great Depression that mm-hmm. was the 2008 financial crisis and I really think that the 2008 crisis was kind of the defining moment for a lot of Americans still because yes. that's it, it, mm-hmm. it, I mean people, a lot of people millions of people have still not recovered period financially right. and that moment has forever changed a lot of the economic realities that we're experiencing and so I want somebody who is a, an expert on all things related to, to mm-hmm. that and to what happened and to what what to do about it what I also love about her is that she is not she's a combative you know arguer debater she knows right. how to argue her positions and she's not afraid to go on CNBC the business channels mm-hmm. Bloomberg maybe even Fox News and kind of and take her arguments um, to to the to the other side, sure. and, I, and I really li- like that about her. So that's who I'm supporting right now. And but but I, I like a lot of the candidates. Right. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not looking forward to this actually because I think it'll be just kind of sad to watch these wonderful people all start ripping each other's eyes out. Yeah. 
I hope that they learned a little bit from the last, from four years ago from now, is the harsher you are in these primaries is the more susceptible you're going to be to Trump's attacks. And I think, I mean, that's the thing with all these candidates that I can't even look at them politically to a degree. It's who is going to be able to stand next to Trump and point out all his hypocrisies without being as attackable themselves. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Liz Warren does that. I mean, I'm still in my sister's talking points because she's far more liberal than me, but she's incredibly well-read in this stuff. Uh-huh. She loves Elizabeth Warren, the senator. She thinks she has an incredible role right now. She's incredibly respected, and she can just be. It's an old-fashioned idea. I think now, if you're a popular senator, you have to run for president. But she can be this person that just sits there for 30 years and does her job every day and doesn't need to have larger aspirations. Just, I mean, and I say that only because her next to Trump. I don't know. I don't know if she can. And you know, if she's smarter. She has more degrees. She can obviously take down him by her merits. Uh, but I feel the same way about Beto to a degree. Yeah. Um, oh dear. As far as you know, as far as like you know, pairing individual candidates and their probabilities against Trump. I know this is an unpopular view, and you, yeah, I'm sure you guys will be laughing at me in you know two years from now or whatever. But I, I am of the school that this really should be a slam dunk for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And but shows you know, 2016 and, should have been too, man. Yeah. But here's the thing. You know, Hillary Clinton didn't show up one time in Michigan or no, Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. right. And all you have yeah. to do is, re- is return two of the three, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Michigan, and Wisconsin. But you went to New Orleans. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I, I see no, I mean, I've, I've sat there clicking on the different states, mm-hmm. right, and testing out the electoral college map. Mm-hmm. I don't see how a Democrat can blow winning two of those three states. And, and the midterms would say as much, too. Yeah. Um, and so kind of f- for that reason, I don't think we should put too much sully ourselves with this silly mm-hmm. matching matching up. That's how, fair. How That's does fair. so-and-so match up? We need to nominate the most qualified, best person for the job and then just let that person be. So you right now are the NFL GM who is, I don't care if we need a defensive lineman. Let's get the best player available yeah, and see what I'm happens. Kinda, I'm kind of the best player available. No, that, that, that's, I think that, that's, that's a, a fine analogy. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. I hope you're uh, right. And, so, and, then, right. and then there might be a very different logic, which is the, the, the other side of that, mm-hmm. which is, oh, Beto O'Rourke or, or any other candidate, mm-hmm. I don't know, Kamala Harris, somebody else, this this is the candidate most well paired to counter Trump in some way. I don't think about it that way. Is that how you like to think about these? Well, so, I mean, no, no one's like entirely spoken to me to a degree and like I don't really identify have with... Have you picked your horse, by the way? No, I have not picked my horse. I'm, I'm horse list. I don't even okay. think I have many horses. I don't really identify with like the progressive platform just uh-huh. because I think every generation thinks they're progressive and it's not really, uh, it's not like a political ideology. I don't think it's an ideology. I think it's a complete mindset. I never would want to position my larger ideas to be totally temporally fickle. So a lot of this stuff just doesn't speak to me. I think it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's as reasonable as someone on the right saying family values. It's like, okay, well, what family? It's yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it, I think um, I forget his name, but the mayor of uh, South Bend, Booty Gig, yeah, yeah. I think he's a great candidate. I don't, but for the same reason I was talking about before, I don't think he is the guy I want going against Trump. Right. Um, but that's why I do see it. I see it as who is going to stop the last four years of insanity of yeah. how it's. And I'm not and, even like. And what I do know about Beto is that like, <laughs> is in his campaign announcement, which I watched. Um, 
um, and he, as opposed to the other kinds, he is fra- he is immediately taking this maximalist frame of like mm-hmm. <laughs> this this election is the end of the world basically, and like right like right, like right. all like all we need to move heaven and earth to mm-hmm. like win this election, and it's like the most you know all and all this stuff, and so he's using this very maximalist uh, and and moral rhetoric of of that type, and so we'll we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. As I said, I'm not actually looking forward to it because I think it'll just be more painful right. than um, than like fun. Certainly not fun. Well, it's like Brexit in the EU. It's the only thing you can possibly talk about, and so you can't really go yeah, about no, your you normal can't, life. Can't enjoy it. Um, and the the other fu- you know funny thing that's happened when we talked about the betting markets earlier, but there was people. Well, if you look at the betting markets, like in last November, I, I think there was a market that said, "What are the odds that Trump wins the Republican nomination?" And it was like he only had like a seven. 70% chance. Wow. <laughs> right? And so people thought that like mm. John Kasich or I think there was a lot of logics about, about, about how it would happen mm-hmm. but there was this idea that Trump would either leave the party or step down and get so he could get pardoned for mm-hmm. certain crimes he may have committed in office or that he would get beaten in the primary but that has not happened in any case and he's and yeah. now and then the, the party actually made moves to kind of consolidate. Um, I, th- I think the Cohen him. testimony really articulated that as that this is the party <laughs> that is going to default on their sword for Trump. Up, and that's just the nature of things right now. Yeah. Uh, but wow, we moved a long way from uh, Ukrainian yeah, uh, wow. politics. We'll have to get to Dugan next time because yeah. I think that's an episode sure. in itself. Sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, I know you're a real believer in what he has to say, so I wouldn't <laughs> want to. Oh, uh, uh, I want to blame any longer. Well, Matt, this is fun. Have a good March break, man. Hey, you too. Have a great Thank spring you. break. The views, opinions, and ideas expressed on this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the show or the University of Texas. Thank you for listening to the Slavic Connection. Please visit SlavXRadio.com for more information and to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. As always, we invite listener feedback, so please send us your comments. The Slavic Connection is produced by the Center for Russian, East European, and Eurasian Studies at the University of Texas at Austin. Thank you. Thank you.